0: Yeah. everybody and welcome to another episode of if you don't like that brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento locally owned for over 20 years new works has a fix for you for your plumbing needs and repairs just go to newworksplumbing.com n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com and remember if you have an emergency in the middle of the night no problem new works will be there with their 24 7 service new works plumbing they've got a fix for you N e w WRXplumbing.com. Well, this past week has been an absolute bombshell for the world of professional golf. What's the truth? What's fiction? We really don't know. All right. I'm going to go over this and try to dissect what came out on Tuesday and what does it mean for the future of golf? Now, I think we can admit before we even move on that the commissioner of the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan looks about as bad as you can look here. Let's back up. Let's go to last year. One year ago, Jay Monahan on with Jim Nance of CBS Sports. This was the dialogue. When I want to ask about this. There was a story that was first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. Um, 9-11 Families United sent a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States. quote. that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours, that story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league?
1: Well, I talked to players, I've talked at a player meeting, and I've I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? That was a year ago. Think about that.
0: A little more than 12 months ago. That's Jay Monahan. This was Jay Monahan
1: three days ago. Jay, the 9-11 Families United made a strong statement yesterday. They said you co-opted the 9-11 community in taking a moral stance against Liv. How would you respond to that group? Well, I... um I read Terry's comments. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously acknowledge her loss and completely understand her position. And to the question that you were just asking, you know, I wish. I think about the fact that I allowed confidentiality to prevail here. And in allowing confidentiality to prevail, I did not communicate to very important constituents, including the families of 9/11, and I regret that. Uh, I, I I really do. Um, but as we sit here today, you know, I, I think I think it's important to you know to reiterate that um, I feel like the move that we've made. And, and how we move forward is in the best interest of our sport. We've eliminated those fractures. Um, but for, for any, uh, any difficulties I've caused on that front, again, I have to own that as well, and that comes back to communication. How
0: about that? Talk about speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Explain to me how Jay Monahan remains in the position that he's currently in. Money, 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 greed, greed, greed. Now, here's the other aspect of this. There's a lot of things that we still don't know as it relates to the future of professional golf. I mean, I don't even know what to believe. I've been reading different so-called experts on the topic, and it appears to be all over the map. I read a story yesterday in Sports Illustrated that Seem to bring a little bit of clarity to this deal that was struck on Tuesday. Jimmy Dunn did an exclusive interview with SI Golf. And in that interview, Jimmy Dunn said that Jay Monahan will be overseeing the PGA Tour, the Live Golf Tour, and it is up to Monahan to disband the Live Tour if he is to choose. Okay? I mean, do you really believe that? Penalties to return to the PGA Tour could be significant, talking about the live players, okay? But there's a lot more to this if you believe what was written by Michael Rosenberg of Sports Illustrated. Again, let me first of all give you a little background on Jimmy Dunn, okay? Jimmy Dunn is a member of the Tour policy board he also worked in the south tower of the world trade center he lost 66 friends on 9-11 he wasn't at work that day because he was playing in a golf event so he was not in the towers on 9-11 according to this story sports illustrated On the morning of April 18th, Dunn sent a WhatsApp message to Yasur al-Rimayan. He is the governor of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Okay? That simple message resulted in a meeting in England later that month. They had dinner, cigars, followed by a round of golf, the next day, they put together a framework of a deal. Again, the parameters, according to this story in SI.com, the PGA Tour will still be called the PGA Tour, but Jay Monahan also will oversee the Live Golf. The PGA Tour remains a partner of the DP World Golf Tour. Monahan told Al Mayan that they will evaluate Live Golf at the end of the year again I said this a moment ago I'll repeat it if Monahan wants to disband Liv he can if Liv golfers want to play on the tour Monahan and the current PGA tour leaders have to approve the terms we know that Monahan has banned them right and we would assume that the penalties to return would be quite large all right Now, the PIF is not actually contributing anything directly to the PGA Tour or its players. They will instead get right of first refusal to be the Tour's investment partner through a new company that the Tour is creating. Now, what the hell does that mean? Well, the example that they put in SI.com was, if the Tour wants to buy Pebble Beach, PIF has the right to be its partner. The Tour will be the controlling partner in any investments. PIF has not promised a single dollar investments. The tour has not promised that the Saudis uh, would get anything other than the right of first refusal. Now, here was a very important question to Don. Okay? It is presumed that the Saudis will want to be as involved financially as they can be and the tour will welcome sponsorship opportunities with its new investment partner. Don answered this by saying, quote, we don't know. That's the honest answer. It is not like an ironclad, this is how it's going to be kind of thing. The lowest they will do is billions. They have a $720 billion fund. According to Dunn, all legal disputes have been settled. There will be more fallout, according to Dunn, all right? He said, the animosity of the last year when the two sides met, okay, according to this story, they realized they weren't actually fighting over the same piece of real estate. When Dunn went to England to meet with Al Mion, and again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the name, uh, Monaghan was there for that meeting in Italy in mid-May. And again, The public face of Live Golf as we've known it has been Greg Norman, right? We don't know what's going to happen to Norman because if Monahan's in charge, well, I think we do know what would happen to Monahan. What about the pro golfers, the PGA golfers, I should say, that are absolutely livid at Monahan? Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods, right? How do they feel about this? what's going to be the fallout from their perspective and some of the other really standout top flight golfers. All right. I mean, in the meeting, Al Rue made it clear that Piff invested much more than $1 billion in Live. It just mostly wants to be a major part of golf. All right. According to Dunn, quote, he was more about growing the pie and interest in the game rather than we're going to do it X way. They have live, which at some level they've got to think was not what they hoped it would be. They have the ability to align with the PGA Tour, and that is meaningful to them. And that is it. The Saudis have billions. They want to put billions in the sports. Live golf is a way to do that. But it's not the only way, according to this story because the PGA Tour wants to dominate the world of golf. Now, what is going to be the end result of all of this? In other words, what's it going to mean for you and me? Well, hopefully, it means that we can truly see the best golfers in the world competing in events. Will antitrust and government get involved in this deal from America's point of view? The answer to that question is probably yes. Right. The other aspect of this, Dunn, as I said, lost many close friends and colleagues on 9-11. Again, he was out of the office because he was trying to qualify for the U.S. mid-amateur. He said to Sports Illustrated that he blames the attacks on the hijackers. Reading is one thing, Let's listen to how Dunn responded to the hypocrisy of Monahan, what they told the PGA players as they related to 9-11. Here's Dunn
2: just two days ago. And let's be specific. Okay, I'm 9-11, all right? on 9 11 day, the first thing I think about is that several times during the day, I think about it, and the last thing I think about at night is that that has not changed since that day, and I'm not alone in that. I would guarantee that every one of those family members has that same condition, and it's its it is just a reality of how unbelievably sad and awful that day was. So I understand that, and I am quite certain, and I have had conversations with a lot of very knowledgeable people, that the people I'm dealing with had nothing to do with it. And if someone can find someone that unequivocally was involved with it, I'll kill them myself. We don't have to wait around. But the reality of it is, is that we need to... We need to come together as a people, even our country. We have too much divisiveness. And at some point in time, whether it's our view of the Japanese or our view of the Germans, there is a point in time where you have to say, let's try to get to know one another. Let's try to understand. Let's." Wow, how about that,
0: right? I mean... Listen, this is a volatile situation. And I've used examples of watching the Olympics in Beijing, the world going to Qatar, and watching the World Cup. We know how they feel about homosexuality and the laws as it relates to the gay community, and we go on and on. All right? If you want to separate politics from sport, go right ahead. That's your choice. There are many others that don't. No one's forcing you to watch Sports, all right? You can be very critical of the NBA and their association with China. You don't have to watch the NBA. Nobody's forcing you. Nobody forced you to watch the World Cup. Nobody forced you to watch the Olympics in Beijing. Again, this is a volatile issue, and and there's a lot more layers to this than I can talk about on this podcast. Here's what I do think is very apparent. Jay Monahan looks like a fool here. Regardless of whether this is a good deal for golf or not, He is a guy that has lost all credibility. We heard it. I played it for you, okay? His credibility is out the window. I don't see any way in the world that he can continue in his present position. As far as Jimmy Dunn goes, no one ever heard of Jimmy Dunn until 72 hours ago, all right? So, I mean, you know, he's the one that brokered this deal. He's the one that really got the ball rolling again He worked at the Trade Towers, at the World Trade Center. He lost 66 of friends and colleagues on 9-11. You know, his perspective is certainly different than some of the others. um, But that doesn't mean you'll have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with what he has to say about the people that he deals with and that they had nothing to do with it. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious that that would be true, that the people that he's dealing with probably didn't have anything to do with 9-11. I get that. But where do you draw the line? I do agree with him that, you know, at some point you do have to try to fracture the differences. And he used the examples of Japan and Germany from World War II, both allies of us now, both on great terms with us now. We get that. We understand that. I mean, it's the same thing with Vietnam. I was in Vietnam not too long ago, and, I mean, there does not appear to be any animosity from a war that was fought in a brutal war in the 60s and the early 70s. And when you go to Vietnam, I mean, from my own personal experience, and I've been to Japan, and I've been to Germany, and I'm only referencing Vietnam because it was a couple of decades after World War II, I mean, yeah, you know, there really aren't reminders when you're there about the Vietnam War when you're talking to the Vietnamese and, I mean, the communication, the smiles, the friendly nature. I get that. I understand, okay? But you can draw your own conclusions. Nobody's forcing you to have to agree with Jimmy Dunn, okay? What I do know is most people that have analyzed this deal over the past 72 hours or so feel that in the long term, it's great for the sport of golf. What does that mean? Well, it means that in all likelihood, in the near future, we'll be seeing and watching golf, for those of us that still want to watch it, with truly the best players in the world. When we have the tour championship at TPC Sawgrass in Jacksonville, we'll have the best golfers in the world competing. There are still a lot of unknowns about this deal. There are still a lot of things that still we as golf consumers need to know about. There are many people that don't give a damn about the political aspect of that. And again, I respect those people. That's fine. Again, I use China and I use, you know, the UAE and Qatar as examples. I get that. I understand. And then there are those that are going to boycott the sponsors of golf and they're going to boycott the sport. That's fine. You have that right too. I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. What I do know is this has been a very volatile, very controversial week for the sport of golf. And I don't think anybody can deny that. It's now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. Christian asks, what do you predict happens to the A's now that the ballpark bill stalled? It's stalled, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Let's wait and see what they decide in Vegas. The bottom line is, I don't know how anybody would want John Fisher as an owner of a sports team in their town. That's pretty much where it's at. Spencer asks, will we see players getting caught gambling become as frequent as PEDs in the future? Great question spencer i would not say no to that i would say perhaps i mean i think there are probably a lot more players that are doing this that have not been caught yet and if they have not received the message yet they'll never receive the message time will tell but that's an excellent question hunter asked what makes michael malone a good coach well first of all he knows what he's doing he's a tremendous communicator with the players he doesn't play games he doesn't have favorites he's very direct He's not afraid to criticize, and it doesn't matter whether you're the best player or you're the 13th man on the roster. When you do well, he's going to pat you on the back, and when you don't, he's going to call you out, and he'll call you out in front of the whole team. I love Michael Malone. uh, Hell of a coach. Hell of a person. Steven wants to know, do you think Nikola Jokic has reached his peak? He's probably at his peak right now. I mean, I don't know if he can play better than he is now. He's very much now entering his prime, Steven. So, I mean... I I really can't imagine him playing better than he's playing now. Mitch wants to know, would you have thought both Zion and John Morant's careers would be disasters at this point when they were drafted? Well, I don't agree with you about that word, disasters. First of all, Zion has been hurt, okay? And that that is unfortunate. Morant's career has not been a disaster. What he's going through right now is not good. But I don't think it's fair to say that Morant's career – has been a disaster. He's been a multi, multi, multi-time multi, all-star, right? I mean, he is one of the best point guards in the league. Now, he's going to be suspended for an unknown amount of games. We do realize that. We'll find out once the NBA Finals are over. But Morant's career is not a disaster. It may end up that way if he continues to behave the way he has. And for Williamson, I mean, you know... Injuries, right? So I, I guess you could say that's a disaster. But not, and I don't think you can compare both. I don't think you can put Zion Williamson and John Morant in the same category, Mitch. I don't think that's fair. Freddie wants to know: Are you going to watch Messi play? If I can watch him play, I'll go watch him play. No question about that. Mike wants to know: Am I surprised that Chris Paul got waived? I am surprised. Ton of money. Um, I thought he could give them one more good year, but uh, I, I am a little surprised. Ernie wants to know if I agree with White Howard. They he could help the Kings contend for a title. I don't. I don't I don't think so. I really don't. That is our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast.
2: It's time for Rant. Rant.
0: And today's rant is brought to you by Bennett's Restaurants. Sacramento, Roseville, and soon coming to Rockland. Bennett's Restaurants, prime seafood and steaks, over 50 different types of wine available by the glass. Get down there this weekend for their great brunch. Don't forget prime rib is the special on the weekends. Just go to bennettsrestaurants.com to check out the full menu, and you can get food to go. That's bennettsrestaurants.com. While we're getting closer to Pride Night at Chavez Ravine, the home of the L.A. Dodgers, Phil Mushnick, who always seems to hit it right on the head, said this, in today's column, quote, several readers have asked what Vin Scully's response would be if he were assigned to call the Dodgers game at which a group of Catholic trashing fringe lunatic cross-dressing face painted men in nuns outfits were invited and honored as part of a pride night. That's Vin Scully, 67 years, the voice of the Dodgers, a Catholic and proud son of Jesuit order Fordham University. I knew him well enough to say he'd be disgusted, appalled, and not the least bit shy to let everyone know why. He'd refuse to work that game. Both the Dodgers and MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred should be relieved that Scully is gone. He'd have been hurt on this. To that end, I wonder if the Dodgers would have tried this and MLB would have allowed it had Scully still been on the job. The gutless Los Angeles Dodgers are going ahead with this group being part of Pride Night. And you know what? Clayton Kershaw, who's been outspoken about this and some other players, if you really want to put meaning behind your words, boycott and don't go to the game on Pride Night. Pretty simple, right? You want to make a statement? You want to say what the Dodgers and MLB are doing is wrong? Then you know what? Don't show up. Now, people would say you're being disrespectful for Pride Night, but I think people would have an understanding of why you are boycotting the game and you're not boycotting Pride Night. You're boycotting one individual group. You know what? Stick up for what you believe in. Stick up for what you believe in. Words are one thing. Actions are another. Actions speak louder than words. Hey, that's my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. I hope you have a fabulous weekend and thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. So long, everybody.